I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's not Wednesday. It's Thursday. It's the match week is not Saturday. It's Sunday. We're all out of whack this week with Atlanta United hosting Chicago. But it is stoppage time, and we are with you for at least a half hour talking Atlanta-Chicago. We can look back a little bit at Toronto if we need to. Uh, Caleb Wiley is a full U.S. senior men's international player after his debut late last night in a 1-1 draw. U.S. and Mexico. Uh, silly season ramping up. I'm sure you got questions about that. We can get into all of it today. Mike, where you want to start? Uh, I think we start with silly season uh, because that's that's kind of the newest, freshest. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, look, it, this is going to be the start, I think, of a lot of chatter about this over the next couple months. So yeah. might as well just rip off the Band-Aid and let's get going with can, it. Can, uh, we, can we lay a couple ground rules for Silly Season Talk? Go I right think ahead. it's important. Um, with this current rumor, you have good sourcing. But sourcing is number one when it comes to Silly Season. If it's an egg on Twitter... If it is an anonymous person who doesn't have a picture up, if it is someone with very few followers, don't get worked up about that tweet. Please, 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 please. Don't even waste your time. Don't tag me asking about it. Don't. Just don't. It's a waste of time. There are tier one people that you can trust, and when they bring knowledge to it, okay. Then we can talk about it. In this case, Fabrizio Romano has talked about it. He is the goat when it comes to this stuff. You want somebody out of Argentina talking about it. You're talking about Cesar Luis Merlo. You're talking about Herman Garcia Grova. Those are the goats when it comes to it. In the U.S., you're talking about Tom Bogert. And Tom Bogert has spoken on this. So this one, absolutely something you can follow. The initial reporting out of a radio station, Kiss Kiss Napoli, They've broken news before. They've mm -hmm. also been a little tabloidy at times as well. They've had misses on stuff too. So 
you have to make sure you're paying attention to sourcing. If MLS blah, blah, blah on Twitter, that's an anonymous account, says something about it, no. When Romano, when Merlo, when Grova, when Bogert, there are others too, but those are your primaries. When they mention it, okay, we can have a conversation. We're not going to waste time with every anonymous egg rumor. This is not that with Napoli being mentioned with Tiago Almada. I've mentioned Napoli and Tiago Almada before in terms of possible landing spots that make sense. Um, there is a romantic element to this as well with Diego Maradona and his history in Naples and, and the love of Argentine culture and soccer in Naples and Tiago Almada going there. I mean, you couldn't write the script any better. Does it fit from a soccer perspective? Yeah. I mean, this is a team that made a run to the Champions League quarterfinal. That equals cash. This is a team that is very possibly going to sell their striker, Victor Osimhen, for a whole lot of money. Cash. They've got money to spend. Um, could he thrive there? Yeah. I think Tiago Almada is ready-made for Serie A, the Italian first division. I think it's a, a great fit for him. He's a very tactical player. The Serie A is, is a little more of tactics and technique as opposed to pace and power. You know, I mean, I think it's a good fit for Tiago. The money's got to be right for everybody involved, including Almada, including Atlanta United. I don't know what Celons Velez has. They don't have say in it, but of course they want to get their money too. Uh, the agents are going to get paid. The money's got to be right. The situation's got to be right for everybody. Don't get hung up on a certain amount of money being the magic number because that amount could change based off the club we're talking about. Napoli's a great situation. You're talking Champions League football. You're talking a title contender. They're probably going to win Serie A for the first time in a long time this year. You're talking a big deal. So if to get the deal done, you take a little less up front, you have a bigger sell-on on the back end, that can work out. So there's not magic situations here that are, it, this is done, it's triggered, this is going to happen. No, it's got to be the right situation for everybody involved. Yeah. And this one feels like it could be. Now, Tom Bogert and Fabrizio Romano threw cold water on it, the reports out of Italy, saying that it's done. Yeah, probably not so much. Are they talking? Sure, it makes sense. Uh, are other clubs probably talking? Yeah, I would assume so. Um, but this is the first club that we have heard with any credence to a possible landing spot for Tiago Almada in the summer. When is the window open? Um, it's July. I don't remember the date right off the top of my head, but I can tell you in a couple of seconds. Um, it's uh, it's in July, and it'll last for a month, I believe, for Serie A. So let, let's just, for sake of talk, say July 1st, even though it's maybe not exactly July 1st, but just out of an example I'm going to give. If it is July 1st, I don't understand why you would, from the Atlanta United side, want to have an agreement in place on April 20th. I think right. your leverage can increase the closer you get to the window opening. It can. Which, 
might be a reason why there is a teeny bit of cold water being thrown on it, at least at this moment. Um, you know, again, the number could change. The number's got to be dynamic for a lot of different reasons, both positive and negative, by the way. Uh, the number could go down, it, it, God forbid, in, in certain situations. But um, that that's just why I tend to lean more on the side of caution with a even well-sourced and sensible report like this. It just feels like it's way too far away from the window opening for me to believe that something's agreed to in principle. Yeah, no, and I think the reports are saying that it's not. Um, I mean, Tom Bogert says no deal is close. Um, the reports out of Italy are the ones saying that it's done. And again, mentioning uh, Kiss Kiss Napoli radio station. Yeah, it's going to be a little hyperbolic here. Um, Cesar Luis Merlo, uh, he tweeted about it uh, about 30 minutes ago. Um, said Napoli uh, and other clubs, didn't mention any others, have put their eyes on Tiago Almada. None have advanced the negotiation. So everyone reputable is saying it's not done. It's not to the advanced stage. Uh, now, Merlo said Atlanta United is looking for around $40 million. That mm. is, uh, again, it's Merlo reporting this. This is not Atlanta United saying it. Um, that that f- honestly feels about right in, in terms of, of what we're talking about here. Now, I've seen a lot of numbers thrown around about possible numbers. I'm not really hung up on that, to be perfectly honest. The number doesn't matter to me. Uh, It's going to be good. It's going to be a good number. If it's what you got from Miguel Almiron, that's fine. That's great. If it's more, that's even better. That's wonderful. Um, You're going to recoup your investment. You're, You're going to make money on the deal. The most important thing is Thiago Almada going to a spot where he can carry that flag for Atlanta United and do well. You don't want him to go, and I'm sorry, Chelsea fans, I apologize in advance. You don't want him to go to Chelsea, who has had a poor history in terms of bringing guys in and then loaning them out and then not advancing them through. Um, You want to go somewhere where he's going to play and thrive. And some of that is style of play. And I think he's a great fit for the style of play from Napoli or another Serie A club or maybe a La Liga club. You know, there, there's there's definitely some good situations that would be landing spots for him. And I think there's bad ones too that, look, they might spend a lot of money, but it might not be the right fit for everybody involved. And I think Atlanta United in pretty much every single time this has come up with a player wanting to move on or it's the time for the player to move on, I think the club has done the right thing by the player in terms of helping them get to a good spot where they want to go, wherever they want to go, or a good spot for them and for the club in the long run. They they generally try to do that rather than just chasing the most money. Go back to George Bellow. Sounded like there was more money from other offers, but Bellow wanted to go to Armenia Bielefeld, and that's the deal he got. So it, it's it's not a... It's not a highest bidder situation, and it's not a, well, if they don't make $40 million, then that's a failure. No, none of that's the case. Don't let those narratives creep into the mind here. It is about getting a good deal, which I think they will because it's a no-brainer, and it's getting him to the right place where he can succeed and thrive and represent Atlanta United really well as a player who grew in his time here and can take that and move on. 
You want to get on the Twitch pitch on this? Yeah, sure. Okay. I need you to take a deep breath. Oh, boy. Uh, no, just because, it, look, I, I think, again, what Jason and I are talking about here is a possibility based on some well-sourced reporting. Yeah, but and I, they've all said it's not near done. So, right. that, I mean, that's got to be remembered here. Don't follow what Kiss Kiss Napoli said over what Fabrizio Romano, Cesar Luis Merlo, and Tom Boger. You got the Trinity saying a deal's yeah. not done. Right. But I'm going to read you um, Uncle No Pockets' comment. I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw the reporting today, this is one of the first things I just naturally started thinking about. Okay. Uncle No Pockets wonders about depth at central attacking midfield and hopes yeah. that there isn't a big wait for a replacement to Almada. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, duh. I, 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 I totally agree. Like, if you lose one of the best players in the league, your depth is going to take a hit in that position. That's that's obvious. And you've got to replace him. Okay. I don't think there's any confusion about that. Um, why? I, I guess the thing is, like, of course they're going to replace him. Of course. You're not going to say, oh, we're fine. We can just lose that player and no, we don't need to go out into the market with the money that we just made. That doesn't make sense. And I, I don't know why that would even be an expectation. The timing of getting the right player in, now that's not always in a club's control. That's not always easy to do. But here's the other element to this. You don't know that Almada is going to go in the summer. It could be a situation because we have seen it in this league many times where a deal is done and the player stays in the league for the rest of the league season and then goes in January. In fact, Mill Zombie is asking about that exact possibility. Is there any chance there could be a sell with a loan back? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it, like, that's the thing when we get into silly season. Um, we have to, I think we have to use common sense in these situations. Like, okay, he, he has a chance to go to Napoli. Let's say Napoli comes in with the right offer and everything fits. Is he going to walk into Napoli's starting lineup and play? more than he would play here finishing the season in a potential title chase, which would be better for his overall development. I mean, we got to see what other moves Napoli makes in the summer. They yeah. might say, well, yeah, we need him. He's, he's going to fit in right now. We need him to start the season. We need him for group stage of Champions League. We need that right now. But if he's going to be more of 15 to 20 on their their roster, on their depth chart overall, or maybe a little bit lower than that to start with, they might say, you know what, he's going to be in a better spot playing every minute in Atlanta and, and chasing a title. We're going to let him stay and finish that season out. Then he'll join us in January, be, come off the bench in the rest of his first year with us, and then he'll be ready to go in the second year with us. That's definitely possible. Um, there's no blueprint to any of this stuff, y'all. Like Just because some other club did some other deal and it went some other way doesn't mean that's what happens with Atlanta United and Tiago Almada. Just because Atlanta did the deal with Miguel Almiron in Newcastle doesn't mean that's what happens with Atlanta and whoever the club is in Tiago Almada. You have to figure out what's best in the current situation. The replacement will come, hopefully, and I, I, hopefully it would come quickly after a sale if Almada goes immediately. It is absolutely obvious that the club is preparing for a time in the very near future 
that you're going to need another player in that position. That is, that is what happens. Uh, Miguel Almiron, you knew he was going to go. You knew it was coming soon. Pitti Martinez showed up. Ezekiel Barco showed up the year before when you knew that, yeah, that uh, Miguel Almiron could be going. So you're going to have those plans in place of guys that you have identified, of deals that you haven't done, but maybe you have talked to clubs and say, hey, we know this is coming down the road. We're going to come back and knock on your door when that time comes. Yeah, That's part of the deal here. That's part of what any club does. Atlanta United's no exception to that. And, and I think, look, it, I understand the feeling that's out there because eight matches into this season, it's very apparent this season can absolutely go somewhere very, very positive. That in should November be what's December. apparent. That absolutely yeah. should be what's apparent because this team is good. Yeah, and Almada is a big part of this team mm -hmm. being that good. And mm -hmm. I, I just think that's where the feelings are coming from right now. Like, okay, how is this going to shake out? And if it shakes out a certain way during the summer, does that um, does that change the prospects, if you will? And and does it create urgency to to sign someone or have someone ready to be yeah, in play. I think I just, it does. I get all the feelings. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think it does. I, I think if, if you are in the summer and you have no shot of winning a trophy for the year, yeah, you can take your time. If you're in the summer and you have trophies on the table, you're going to be, even if you have to look at it a couple different ways, like, look, we've seen this club generally go and sign young up-and-coming stars, and you're going to have two gigantic transfers out that show that that's a good strategy. Um, and by the way, actually, uh, let me let me rephrase. You're going to have four transfers out that are going to show that that is. And I know there's going to be people who will lie to you and tell you that's not the case, but you made money on Pitti Martinez, which wasn't a young, young star, but you made a profit on his transfer out. And you didn't make a profit, but you made eight figures when the Ezekiel Barco deal gets done. That's been reported out of Argentina. So you're going to have four top attacking, talented players, generally on the very young side developing, that you have sold for eight figures plus. Four. That's nuts in this yeah. league. That's insane. Yeah. So in all of those cases, you have prepared for what's coming next. Now, in this situation, look, I don't know, and we haven't heard because it's not done yet, what kinds of players they could be targeting. Um, yeah, you want to 10 in the way that this team is built, the way that this team is playing. You, you want to 10. You, you'd love to have an exact uh, hashtag Almada replacement. You're not going to have that because Tiago's special. But could you look at a couple different ways of doing it? Could you look at a young up-and-coming player that you'd like to get absolutely there's some of those coming out of argentina and south america right now that would fit the profile of what this club's done in the past could you split the difference a little bit especially when you are in the midst of a title race and say hmm i like this young player might take them a minute to get acclimated to the league might take a minute to get the deal done because it's not exactly a cheap deal to do we need a veteran who can come in right now and, and give us what we need to get this team over the line and lift a trophy. And maybe they're here for a year. Maybe they're here for a year and a half or two, but they're not the long-term replacement. We're going to go get the long-term replacement as well. You're going to have that kind of flexibility to do. You could go get a 28 to 32 year old 
veteran who is out of contract, who's available on a free, bring them in while looking for the long-term young up-and-coming replacement. You're going to have that possibility too. Again, there's not a blueprint here. There's not a straight line of, you know, this isn't a choose-your-own-adventure book. Like, you're going to have a lot of ways to solve. We just sold a player for a lot of money, and now we're a club with a big profile of doing that. We're going to be a place to be. Great. Young talent's going to want to come here. But also, we have trophies to win right now. We can go get somebody who can help us do that as well. You're going to have a lot of flexibility in the summer when that time comes. If it comes this summer, we don't even know that yet. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah. I Let's pivot here because, look, I, mean, I think we have eight or nine more stoppage times in a row coming up. We're going to be able to talk a lot about There's going to be a lot of clubs about. mentioned and a lot of things. Just the, the main takeaway right now is that <laughs> the, the trinity of people who would be reporting on this in a fair, accurate, reasonable way are all saying, yes, Napoli is interested. No, a deal is nowhere near done. It's not in the closing stages. By the way, uh, j- just the report that Napoli is interested is a very good thing because Napoli is the type of deep-pocketed club that you want in this bidding. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you want you want to be in a bidding war involving Napoli because they are well resourced, and yep. you want other well resourced clubs getting into this. So uh, um, you know, in that sense, it, it, it's good news. Okay, I, w- I want to pivot, though, because on the Twitch pitch, there's been a lot of talk about another young player, uh, and I want to kind of loop this in with Caleb Wiley as well because both have had very positive moments over the last uh, four days, and that's Machop Chol, who scored in Toronto, and Caleb, who made his senior national team debut last night. Really, really cool for Caleb. I know he didn't play a whole lot uh, against Mexico, but he got in, and I, I, I still think he's coming back to Atlanta today a better player than he was when he left, just through osmosis, being a part of that group for uh, however short a time it was. And for Machope, I'm really glad to see him getting the flowers. Uh, And I'm glad to see Gonzalo Pineda also getting a lot of just credit for um, 
I, I'm not sure if rolling the dice was maybe the right phrase, but trusting Chol and his versatility and putting him in a position that we haven't really seen Macho play a whole lot and having it pay dividends uh, in a goal that, quite frankly, should have won the match in Toronto on Saturday. Yeah, um, there, there's a actually a pretty good similarity here with Chol and with Wiley and Gonzalo Pineda. Gonzalo believes in young players. He's not afraid of giving young players heavy responsibility. Um, he does manage that to put them in positions to succeed. But when guys like these two start to show that they can handle that responsibility, he can play Caleb Wiley as a winger where he's a left back. Caleb Wiley's a left back. He came up as a left back. He played left back exclusively as a young player, exclusively at Atlanta United too, until the very, very end where he started to play a little bit on the wing. Um, it's very Alfonso Davies-esque, Caleb Wiley's development in terms of a fullback that you want to make it a little easier, a little more comfortable for them when they get to the first team level, play them on the wing. They don't have as much defensive responsibility, but they can still impact games. So he's kind of thought outside the box a little bit there. That one's not huge. Machoke Chol preseason playing as a number nine, again, not huge thinking outside the box because he played it some at Wake Forest, but different because we've typically seen him on the wing. This game, playing him as a 10, this is problem solving. And this is why having a group that is consistently, generally healthy is such a massive element. Um, I, I always remember in, in a situation like this, uh, Philip Lom at Bayern with Pep Guardiola. Guardiola had a ton of injuries in his first year at Bayern. And it was literally like, I don't have guys in these positions. What do I do? And Philip Lom had always been a fullback fullback with the national team and it's hmm and I think it was one of his coaches who actually suggested it hmm I think he's got the the characteristics to play in the middle play as a holding midfielder let's see how it looks let's give it a go oh it looks really good and Philip Lom became he kind of had a second career a little bit as a holding midfielder in this case you don't have another number 10 Almada's not available in the match Sadich was keeping things moving I mean he, he didn't have an incomplete pass all day but he's not as goal dangerous as somebody like Chol is. So Chol playing there, even though he hadn't come up in that position, it's like, hmm, he can impact the game because of his characteristics. I know he's going to give me the work. I know he's going to work hard and do the defensive side. Sosa and Josechi will be talking to him. They'll keep him positioned, but he's going to work defensively. I don't have to worry about that, but he's going to be more of a goal threat when we got to have it than Sadich in that position in that point in the match. And he delivered. And that's what's just awesome to see is when these young guys develop through the club, they get this opportunity, they get that taste, they show well, and then they get put into positions of big responsibility. In this case, you're chasing the games like, go, go get us something here, Machope. And he does. And Caleb Wiley's done the same all year long. And these are guys that aren't defined by a position. I know it's really easy in, in kind of the old school way of thinking about this game that a left back's a left back is a left back and they never play anywhere else. Well, no, Caleb Wiley is one of the best wingers in this league when he plays as a left winger. And by the way, he's a really good left back as well. And Machoke Chol can impact games playing now as a 10, playing as a nine, playing as a winger on either side. And he's played as a wing back a little bit too with Atlanta United. Guys do can do different things, and it can really impact games. And that's the key here. And that's something I think Gonzalo Pineda and his staff have really done a good job of developing. 
Sorry to interrupt. No. Um, do you think Wiley's availability for Sunday was in any way impacted by last night? No, I mean, it's just travel. Um, you didn't have heavy training with the national team. So, I mean, in a way, honestly, you want to get him back. You want to do the region. It helps with the game on Sunday because Friday's session will be heavier and he'll be able to get a good training session in um, with his team and then a lighter session on Saturday and then play on Sunday. It, you know, I think you just get to a point like around the the point in the, the last match 60 to 70th minute of all right is he still explosive is he still impactful is he still in a good spot here if he's not we have options to to potentially play but i think he starts uh you were up there training yesterday what is your feeling on yakimakis and almada for sunday Almada was a full participant. I didn't see him step away at all during the session. Um, so I think he's available barring any setbacks. Uh, Yorgos did not train with the group. He was running afterwards. Um, I think it's a little more day-to-day when it comes to him and his availability. I would not be surprised at all to see him available, but not start. I don't know if he'll be able to go 90 um, it depends on if he trains today, and we'll find out more tomorrow when Gonzalo Pineda speaks. I also would not be surprised to see Machop Chol start as a nine. If that mm-hmm. possibility comes up that Chol plays as the nine to start and you, you tag team it a little bit with him and Barry or with him and potentially Yorgos coming off the bench. Yeah, and uh, just going back to Almada for a moment, because I, I think there was some confusing um chatter uh before and and maybe even during the match on saturday about the severity of his injury and why bring him to toronto maybe he failed a fitness test or no it it was nothing like that uh the impression that that jason and i both got correct me if i'm speaking incorrectly for you jason is that uh they wanted almada to go to toronto just to make 100% sure that they were keeping a close eye on that injury and and just putting him in the best position where he could come back and fully train on Tuesday. And they felt by uh, being able to have him with the team in Toronto and just monitor uh, that that they would put themselves in the best position where Almada would be a full participant in training, as he was um, on Tuesday. So I don't think it was anything more than that. There was absolutely no instance of him failing a fitness test or anything like that. that absolutely did not. Yeah, look, that's just a phrase that gets thrown around sometimes yeah. from people like calling tackles cowardly. It's just something that gets said sometimes that, <laughs> you know, you hear the cliche and it comes out of your mouth and you don't really know. <laughs> um, just because somebody doesn't play and was day-to-day doesn't mean they failed a fitness test. There wasn't a fitness test in this case that I know of. Um, the first team medical staff in, in terms of sports science, in terms of trainers, all of them were going with the first team to Toronto. Almada was very close to being available. And if he's very close to being available for Toronto, then he's even closer to being available for the next week. It's good for him to be with that staff. They can work with them on anything that they can do to get him ready to be fully training this week. And it sounds like that's where things are. Okay. Two things I want to hit on before we go. Uh, Chicago in a moment. Two's got to win. On Sunday, yeah, and I feel like, uh, yeah, and I feel like that has not been talked about enough in the uh, the general scheme of our, our soccer community outside of uh, 
uh, what you mentioned Monday night on AST. So just for yeah. our stoppage time viewers, uh, wanted to shout out the twos for a really, really good performance on Sunday night at home. Yeah, you, you guys can, can kind of dig in and be sickos with us as we, we talk <laughs> about the twos and the academy and, and all this other stuff because it, it all does factor in. Yeah. And it's it's something that I love getting the chance to to do what we're doing this year with, with SDH and doing radio-style calls for the twos um, because it's a vital part of the club. And, and I really like the work that Steve Cook is, is putting in as the new manager. Um, he talked about the work that his staff put in the, the game plan this week the players executed it to perfection orlando couldn't complete three four passes together as they were trying to build out of the back um great performance from nick firmino off the bench don't be surprised if you see firmino against memphis based off of that performance uh firmino played a lot with the first team in preseason as well so getting that opportunity in open cup would not be a shock for nick firmino um Trying to think of anything that stood out in that game uh, outside of that. Uh, full credit to Tyler Wolf, Aiden McFadden, and a Johnny Fortune as well. Those guys were on the same flight with us back from Toronto, that very bumpy flight back from Toronto, and uh, probably got home, I don't know, those guys probably got home about 3.30, maybe 4 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday by the time they went Not to when sleep. I got home. Yeah, yeah. and then – Played 60-plus minutes. I didn't think they'd start. I didn't think there was any way they'd start. I thought they'd come off the bench, be available if needed. They started, and they set the tone. I mean, the biggest takeaway from that twos game for me, and it shows you the importance of all of this interconnectivity. Second goal, Nick Firmino got it right at the end of the first half. Eric Lopez with another good performance as well. He needs a big shout-out because he's working extremely hard with the twos right now. I love what we're seeing from him. But after that Firmino goal, right at the end of the first half, it's in first half stoppage time, celebrating, everybody's going nuts. Aiden McFadden made sure that every single player on the field saw him pointing to his head. Keep calm. Keep calm. We're 2-0 up. That doesn't mean anything right now. Stay calm. Use your head. Play smart. They got the third goal early in the second half, and they cruised. It was a really good performance. They play Saturday night in Kennesaw. First team play Sunday. You can come out to Kennesaw and see this. Highly, highly recommended. I like the work that this group's putting in. Okay, Chicago. Um, look, the one thing I'll just say about the general trend every time Atlanta United and Chicago meet in MLS competition is um, you like the home team. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, Chicago has seemed to really – overperformed their form against Atlanta when they've played at Soldier Field. And for whatever reason, Atlanta United has a string of very comfortable wins in league play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Chicago. I don't know if that's going to mean anything for this Sunday, but over the last couple years, that's typically how it goes. Chicago tends to be surprisingly very strong, uh, abnormally strong against Atlanta United when they play at Soldier Field. But uh, historically Atlanta United's been very, very good at home against Chicago. Yeah. First team got a solid draw up there last year. Um, you know, it wasn't the most spectacular of matches, but it, it's a scoreless draw at Soldier Field and in a big win at home, Ronaldo Cisneros broke out with the hat trick last year. Uh, 15 goals by Atlanta United scored against Chicago in Atlanta. That's three per game. That's crazy. They've never scored less than two per game against Chicago. This is a pretty solid Chicago Fire team, though. And, and mm -hmm. I know it's easy to 
dismiss Chicago because look, they haven't been good for a long time. Uh, that's just, that's facts. Um, if they get the win this weekend, they'll be 13 points through eight games. That would be their best start since 2008. Wow. And that's not a great that's start. You know, yeah. it's, it's an, it's an okay wow. start. Um, that blew my mind as I was re- researching this. Kai Kamara up top is a problem, even at 38 years old. He, he scored against 26 different MLS teams. Um, <laughs> he hasn't scored against Atlanta. He hasn't scored against St. Louis because he hasn't played them yet. He hasn't scored against Austin or Charlotte. When I was doing the math, I'm like, wait a minute, that's 25. Forgot he scored against Chivas USA. So he's got 26 <laughs> MLS teams that he scored against. Uh, and he's doing well this season. Uh, Chris Mueller, problem on the wing. He always is. He's a good 1v1 player. The back line is better. They've got a good young goalkeeper in Chris Brady. Questions about fitness coming in. Um, I had a chance to talk to Danny Higginbotham, who uh, is going to be on the game call this weekend with Steve Cangelosi. Uh, Great conversation with Danny yesterday. And he said one of the things that stood out to him watching Chicago's last game back is how things kind of fell apart when they lost Gaston Jimenez in the midfield. They had a 2-0 lead and ended up 2-2. They probably should have lost that game to Philly. Um, and the back line as well. It, it, even though that's a holding midfielder, it kind of all suffered when they lost him. So is he going to be ready to go? Is Jordan Shakiri going to be ready to start? He did come off the bench last week. But even without them, this is a, a, a well-coached team by Ezra Hendrickson. I think he's – it took him a minute, but I think he's really got his stamp on this team. They're a tough team to beat. They've only lost once this year. They're not where they need to be in the attack. I think that'll come when you get Shakiri back fully 100% fit. But it's not going to be an easy one here. Atlanta's got to really be, I think, that disruptive team that we have seen a lot this year. But they've got to make it difficult for Chicago. Don't let them breathe. Don't let them get settled into this game. And I like Atlanta's chances. But it's not going to be a cakewalk. Team that doesn't have a lot in the attack right now, but is getting important pieces back. Team that's hard to beat. Team that's played to a lot of draws. Team that is okay in the back, shaky at times. It sounds like you've described Toronto. It's similar. <laughs> it, it is It is somewhat similar. Um, there is a difference between Shakiri and Insigne, in my opinion. I think Insigne is at another level. I mean, we saw it. I mean, you could just feel the buzz at BMO Field when Shakiri came into that match. And Insigne. Uh, Insigne, sorry. Uh, we were we were getting into this with Gonzalo Pineda yesterday at training. Um, he broke down, and I played it on AST, um, in super detail what happened on the Toronto tying goal and how little things got Atlanta out of position. They, they did the same thing they did a, against Toronto the first time around. A little too ambitious in the press, especially for the moment in the match. Chol went a little bit too high. That opened a little bit too much space, but one of the other elements, and this is something you got to watch for when Shakiri's on the field, because it happened with Insigne. So I thought Brooks Linden did a great job against Lorenzo Insigne. Really made it difficult for him to impact the game. But in that play, and it's a credit to Insigne and his soccer IQ, he dropped way back to midfield in the play, in the buildup. Because it's him, Brooks went with him. And that created space in behind that Toronto then exploited. 
there is that idea of gravity on the field of those kinds of guys. I think you saw it with Bernardeschi, definitely saw it with Insigne, and I think it affected that goal. You have to be careful late in those games, even if it's even if it's him, it's Insigne dropping that far back. When you go, they're going to try to exploit that space. And and I feel like, you know, it's something we talk about every time we see Toronto. Osorio is one of the best players in this league who doesn't get enough credit. He took advantage of it. Great through ball to Marshall Ruddy and a great finish from Cervania as well. Yeah. Well, uh, that was last week, and I still think Atlanta you know, look, it, it, you feel dissatisfied because yeah. we're 10 seconds away from a win, but Atlanta United's played very, very well in their last three matches, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. look, Yankee Stadium and BMO Field, difficult venues in which to earn points. You earned a point at both of them. Would you rather have six? Sure. But I don't think it changes the fact that Atlanta United played very well in Toronto. And I think now that we've all kind of calmed down over the last couple of days, take a step back and realize you played a half without Yakimakis. You played the full match without Almada. You controlled the match mm-hmm. and you got out of a very difficult building in which to play with a draw and you should have won. That's a great performance. And it's, uh, it's good. It's very good. It's it's really what I came back to when when I did AST on Monday is I, I know I said it late in the game with the two one lead that that was an opportunity to make a statement. Yeah, I agree. They didn't make the statement. They they didn't. But you have to learn from what happened that took that away from you and carry that forward and not let it happen next time. I still like where this team is a lot. Nothing changed because of giving up a late goal, a really good goal to Toronto. But you got to learn from that moment. You know, you have that lead late. Okay, we can be a little safer. We can sit a little deeper. We wouldn't do it in the 46th minute, but in the 90th, we can sit a little deeper here and keep everything in front of us. That's the lessons you got to learn in a season. All right, so Sunday, we're going to be on Star at 4 Eastern time because um, we just can't make it work with the Hawks starting at 6.30 and all that. Again, it's a Fox game, so it's a 4.55 kickoff. So that's why we have to go to Star on Sunday. So uh, look for us there. Uh, Yes, the game's on FS1. It's also on Apple. So if you'd like to uh, run it off Apple and Mm – uh, use Jason and I's match description. That way you absolutely can. We're also on the Odyssey app on Star 94. Four o'clock pre-match, 4.55 kickoff. We'll do a full one-hour full-time report afterwards. And then don't forget, next Wednesday, we have Open Cup. Seven o'clock pregame, 7.30 kickoff from the uh, Fraction, Atlanta United, and Memphis 901. That'll be on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Jason and I will talk on Sunday. We'll figure out when to do stoppage time next week. Yeah. I don't know if we'll do it Wednesday. Maybe we'll do it Thursday again. Uh, Thursday would actually not be great because of the NFL draft. So, we could do uh, Tuesday. We could do it Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, yeah. because training won't be open to the media on Tuesday because they're going to train in Kennesaw, and it's not really right. set up to, to be able to do that. So uh, media availability will be a Zoom so, yeah, Tuesday would actually work well, and I can then bring you some clips from uh, media availability. So we Maybe uh, we'll get an anecdote or two from our old buddy Glassy. So, uh, yeah, so, hopefully ahead of time. That would be yeah. the plan. All right, so tentatively, check local listings, but tentatively, yes, yes. 2 o'clock on Tuesday for the next edition of Stoppage Time. Great questions today. Great comments on the Twitch yeah, page. Thanks for much. Yeah, great conversation. we got a long way to go with uh, this Almada story. <laughs> so it, it's only getting started. And uh, don't trust that. 
Yeah, right. No, yeah. No eggs. Uh, no, uh, no Twitter handles with more than five or six numbers in it. And, Don't trust uh, MLS extreme 507. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right. Good, good rules to live by. All right. We'll see you Sunday. Thanks for joining us here on stoppage time. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.